O-T-M Radio. Entrepreneurs on the move. Reshape the life for a better tomorrow. What's going on? My name is Stephen Knight, and you're listening to The Stephen Knight Show. I know we broke your heart, tears rolling down your face You know I'm coming over to make sure you're okay You don't have to wait, I'm a crazy day I'm a superman, you know I'm playing You're on my way, yeah, yeah You're on my way, yeah, yeah You don't have to wait, I'm a crazy day I'm a superman, you know I'm playing Girl, I'm on my way Good evening and welcome to the Stephen Knight Show here on EOTM Radio. As always, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. We'll be discussing the latest in entertainment news, sports, fashion, and movie reviews. Now, tonight we welcome back Corey George to tell us about his brand-new show, One-on-One with Corey George. And then later we catch up with spoken word artist Dion Beatle. As always, once you call into your questions and comments, the number is 718-664-6543. Again, that's 718-664-6543. You can also join us in chat. There's a link on our Facebook page. Also, want to remind you that we're on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. Our official website is StephenIceShow.webs.com. You definitely connect with us. We're almost up to a thousand uh, likes on uh, on Facebook, so we're at 999. So you can be that thousand person to listen tonight. Yep, we appreciate it. And keep in mind, we are uh, nominated for the 2014 Heisman Entertainment Awards. The Stephen Ice Show has picked up the nomination nomination for the hottest online radio show, and uh, Stephen and me as an artist have picked up two nominations for Hottest Male Vocalist and Hottest Rising Superstar. So please go to atltotus.com and vote for us. We definitely appreciate you. And I was just told that we actually had uh, surpassed 1,000 likes. We're actually at 1,001. So thank you, whoever hooked uh, <laughs> us up briefly. Anyway, Chike, uh, what's going on with you? Hey, brother. How are you? Pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing fine. Okay, okay. How was your weekend? My weekend was actually pretty cool. I um, had to get uh, a second fitting um, with um, Thomas Levon for my outfit that I'm wearing to the EO Team Awards in March. Um, okay. Needless to say, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I got a little bigger. So we had to yeah, make adjustments. Yeah, <laughs> been <eating> good. <laughs> yeah, too good. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, but yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much what I did this weekend. Um, it wasn't so much work this weekend for me. And Miss Parker, I, I know you were in Miami this weekend. How was that? Yes. Hey guys, how are you doing? Pretty good. Hey, how are you? Parker. Good, good. Yeah, I went to Miami. My sister was out there for a leadership conference. She's a principal in North Carolina, and so they had a leadership conference, and she called me about a month ago and asked me if I would meet her in Miami, and I was like, sure. You know, I'm never turning out of Miami, so. Exactly. Invite to Miami. Um, But Friday was horrible. Got there, and it was like the worst storm I've ever seen. Um try to brave it and go out and, and say I was going to go grab something to eat and well, we did grab something to eat and do a little bit of shopping. The moment we stepped out of the cab, like there was no stopping the rain. Like I got wet that moment. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it was just crazy. So um, the rain and wind and all of that stuff stopped a little later on and we went next door to Fountain Blue, um, which is one of the, the famous hotels in, mm-hmm. in, uh, 
entertainment places in Miami and uh, hung out in the lobby, and they have a live band. And so we had right. a great um, Saturday. Cool. I got some pool and beach time. Um, and then I came home on Sunday, and my friends had a video shoot. So it's been a back-to-back. I'm exhausted. I know <laughs> I was, you are. I know you are. <laughs> I was at a video shoot until 1 a.m. last night, so I, wow. I haven't had to sleep um, wow. at all. But it was a good weekend, just busy. That's good. Well, I actually performed over the weekend at the 17th annual Talia Wajid Presents World Natural Hair Health and Beauty um, Show. And it was in at the... Uh, make sure I say it correct, correctly, it was at the Georgia Congress, International Congress Building, um, International Convention Center, excuse me, um, in College Park. And it was a very nice event, very nice event. And, you know, our people who sometimes like to be a little behind in terms of not timely, but I will tell you that they told me to get there 20 minutes, uh, 20 minutes before I hit the stage, I got there 20 minutes, and I was on the stage at 12.30. And it was, I mean, the sound system was great. I was in good voice. Not like really performing too early, but, you know, I, I, it was a great event. And I got a lot of people come up to me that wanted me to perform at other events and kind of network. So it was really cool. So shout out to them. And they had a comedian, uh, Mario. I can't remember his last name, but he was he was real funny. He actually got the crowd going. Because what they, they celebrate, like natural hair, natural beauty, and all that kind of stuff. And so they had, like, different vendors all throughout the, like, auditorium space or whatever you want to call that space. And um, But I was a little concerned because when I was walking around, like, when I first got there, they had two stages. I performed on the main stage where they actually had seating area, but they had another stage. And one guy, I felt bad for him, he was performing his heart out, but no one was paying attention. He was up there just, like, performing to himself. So like, which which stage was he on? He was on the second stage. But, I mean, when I tell you, no one was paying attention to him because there was so much going on. And so I sometimes, was you got, sometimes you got to act like the stadium is packed and he just sing your heart out. He, I mean, I'm telling you, he was going in. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was so loud. But I will say once the the, the uh, comedian who was hosting on the main stage got everybody's attention, I started performing, and I got a nice little crowd around there. People recorded me on their cell phones. And one lady had her iPad out. And so I felt good about it. I felt very good about it. Awesome, awesome. That's great. Yeah. Anyway, Adam, I know you joined. This was going on with you. How was your weekend? It was pretty good. Uh, You know, nice, and I actually didn't get to do too much. So, I mean, just caught up on a kind of quiet weekend. Didn't have to wake up for anything. So, yeah, it was great. Good, good, good. Well, Chica, Adam, take it away with our movies. All right, I'll start us off. I went to go see John Wick this weekend, and uh, if you don't know anything about it, it's a pretty simple plot. Um, Keanu Reeves stars as John Wick, and he's a guy that has his dog uh, killed and his car stolen. Now, the dog was given to him by his dying wife, so he has some sentimental value. So he goes on this uh, rampage to get revenge. Um, That's the basic plot. You learn it in the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And it just goes on an action roller coaster from there. Um, big fan. Like, I, I definitely enjoyed the movie. Um, I know a lot of people aren't Keanu Reeves fans, and he's not doing anything special here. But he does a good action movie. I, ever since, you know, I think he got in that Matrix groove. Um, he really knows how to do action. And this movie, I was a big fan of. I, I definitely give it a highly recommendation for uh, checking it out. Okay. Okay. Chica? I actually had a um, 
advanced screening of the movie uh, Nightcrawler, which actually comes out on Friday, uh, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal plays a one-to-be um, photojournalist. And what he's basically doing is riding around the city following a police scanner, catching stories as they break or right after they break. So he's trying to um, sensationalize um, the powers that be, which would be um, Renee Russo. She plays the boss, the broadcaster at the, the, the news station. And he's trying to land work by the sensational photos and footage of crime scenes. And something happens where he actually gets involved in a crime scene before the police actually get there, which now makes him a part of the crime. Because, you know, if you tamper with a crime scene, you're you're now, you're breaking the law. It's really interesting to see how that formulates and how it unfolds. It's very exciting because there's a lot of car chases. It's a lot of action. Um, If anyone knows anything about, like, paparazzi or that whole culture in our society, you know that it's fast-paced. It's really intense and dramatic. And just think about what happened to Princess Di and how she died. And she was being chased by paparazzi. So these people, they get paid per picture. If they land a perfect picture, they get can demand top dollar for it. And mm-hmm. this, is, yeah. this is the job that he's on and he's trying to accomplish. Um, wow. I think it's pretty interesting. It, it kind of ties into the now. It's a very, very today movie. Mm-hmm. I highly yeah. suggest to go check it out. Okay, okay. And what was the movie called again? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, okay. Yeah, that looks good. I, I was actually going to plan to see that this weekend, so I'm glad it uh, turned out really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real good. What's coming down the pipeline? Oh, wow. Well, yes, a lot of stuff. Besides Nightcrawler, which is what was on my list, uh, Birdman came out this weekend. I still want to see that. Um, we get The Hunger Games at the end of November, which there's already a ton of commercials talking about pre-buying tickets, which I don't know why you'd need to pre-buy a ticket to a movie that's going to be in every theater uh, right. across the country. But, you know, whatever way they can make money off of it. Right. Um, those are the big ones on my radar. How about you, Chike? I know um, Fury is out with Brad Pitt. I wanted to see that. I haven't seen that. Um, I will and am going to go see Miss Parker. Ouija, the horror film. I want to see that as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, number one in the box office. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's <Ooh>. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm more so waiting a little closer to Thanksgiving to see what the roster is going to be for over the holidays. I know the Hobbit right, yeah. comes out. I want to definitely catch that. Um, they should be dropping some more probably by the end of this week. You should see some more um, previews by the end of this week, early next, for the holiday season. So the whole holiday roster should come out soon. Yeah, well, and I actually saw a preview for this new Chris Rock movie that looked pretty good. Uh, I don't know if you saw that during your event screening, but uh, with Rosario Dawson, that looks like it'll be a funny one. Yeah, uh, Kevin Hart is in that too, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he's yeah, in yeah. that uh, as the agent or manager or something. So, um, you know, Chris Rock doesn't do many movies, I don't think, lately. So, right, um, 
and it's a, it's another one of those self-awares where you know the character is was the biggest comedian and then he had a hit show i think or a hit series and then it's kind of um following his life afterwards um so i it, it looked like it had really good potential mm. Interesting. Interesting. I know Kevin Hart and Chris Rock can't go wrong, but that should be funny. That should definitely be funny. Mm-hmm. Well, well, guys, as always, we appreciate you. Have a great week, okay? Absolutely. All right. Thanks All right. a lot. Hey, Ron, what's going on with you, man? Happy Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Happy How's the weekend? The, um, of the month. Oh, weekend was excellent. Excellent. Yours? Oh, weekend was really good, real good. Oh, cool, I was, cool. I tell Miss Parker, she was laid up in Miami. Oh, <laughs> talking in the fun, so, yeah. It must be nice. Y'all yeah, had nice weather here, too. You guys had pretty nice weather. Yeah, she, we did. We really did. She's got that Stephen Knight budget. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> Stephen Knight show. <laughs> okay. Stephen Knight show budget, right. Stephen Knight show. He treats us good, y'all. He treats us yeah, good. You know I do. We, we, we pay all five dollars. <laughs> Amen. Yo, I really quickly, um, I want to thank North Carolina Central University's law law school. Um, I was I, I was there Friday for an for an open house. It was okay. it was my first ever law school open house. So wow. Um, yeah, it was awesome. I'm I'm in love with um, Durham, North Carolina. I'm I'm yeah. in love with the um school. So. They're definitely on my short list of law okay. schools that I will be attending next fall. So Carolina Central University, great school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, sports tonight, I want to talk about Charles Barkley. You yes. guys have heard about the, um, about the comments? Well, about I have the not comments, heard it. You know what? I, I read a little bit about it. What exactly did he say? And exactly. what I read, I wasn't able to finish the article because it's obviously been crazy Monday. But the right. the, the brief um, couple of lines that I read, um, he's telling the truth. I agree. Well, what he, did he say? He is he is is upset with un unintelligent black people. And okay. let me kind of. Delve in, yeah. into that. And I'm um, not. Go, go ahead. Go, go ahead, Miss Parker. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. I'm like in the church, like, yeah, preach. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. Right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. See, what that happened was um, there's some, you know, how, how some, for our non black um, listeners, please bear with me. Um, <laughs> Y'all know how some of the, some of our black folks say that if we talk a certain way, if we talk proper English, or if we're getting an, getting an education, or if we have a nice job, things like that, that we're quote unquote acting white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the the um, the um, gist of it. Charles Barkley is just was just tired of. Black, not all black people, but some black people that want to say that other black folks aren't black enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he, and he, it was it was in reference to Russell Wilson, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, whereas some of the other players, it was it was said that they didn't think that um, Russell was black enough. Be, okay. Because yeah. because he's 
hanging around with the um with the um front front office um personnel of the team and mm-hmm. you know the the front office personnel is usually majority white Americans and you know, it's, so anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, anytime you're anytime you're well rounded, can you guys hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Anytime you're well rounded, I think the ignorance come out. Um yeah, right. what you pretty much said is that black people should not be put down for being intelligent. And that our community really should not what I got from what he said was our community really shouldn't penalize a segment of the population or try to separate them because they're intelligent. There are mm-hmm. just like white people, there are different types of white people. There are different types of black people. And then right. they're so annoying and so ignorant to say this person is not black enough because they speak proper English. Right, yeah. That's something my dad right. hates to the core. He mm-hmm. he has to go through that because my dad doesn't use slang. He speaks pretty proper English and right. he's all been accused of, you know, being whitewashed or whatever it is. And yeah. it's just well rounded. And, yeah, and exactly. I think that it's just so ignorant to say that he doesn't have the highest education, but he's been around different types of people. Mm-hmm. I think that people are too too whitewashed or too whatever, or people who are not who are not well rounded and they're not around different cultures. So for, right, yeah. it like for me, what I classify these people as small minded. Mm-hmm. I mean, I they agree. can't think outside of their box and their comfort zone and their little community is all they know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't take it personally because I have friends of every race, every background, exactly. and I really enjoy that. That's really what I look forward to. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I, right. So I think, go ahead. I yeah, think he was speaking the truth, just like when um, when um, Mr. Cosby was telling y'all to pull your pants down, and start acting ignorant because that's what your kids are seeing and doing the same thing. Y'all try to get on him. We yeah. need to have this conversation in our communities because this is the only way we're going to improve our communities. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say that you don't like Obama's policy. It's okay to say that um, President Obama is not doing. It's okay to look inside and 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 and, uh, and have some self awareness and have some um, some self reflection, not just on ourselves but in our community. I'm not mm-hmm. saying. So that uh, uh, that you know, go around and just be harsh on ourselves. But I think sometimes we just give each other pass because we're black, and it's like, right, no, that's yeah. not acceptable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I so, agree. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I think I that, that we need to talk to these young men and women too, because there's plenty of girls out here that thinks that they got wear you know the most revealing clothes to get attention and things and um you know and, and be ratchet and everything and popping and blocking and snapping and all that stuff. So yeah, our you know, these men and women that that have these small minded views, I they it's it's almost like there's like a haze or something over them and, and I just want that 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 haze to just fade away so that they right. can mm-hmm. see. You no, know, it's mm-hmm. just it's just weird. It's it's like they're on some I don't, uh, it's, well, it's I can strange. tell you this, Aaron. When I used to work with the youth, I used to work with the youth, and I it was in inner city. Um, in a you know education level wasn't high, you know, on average, and I was in poverty stricken. And a lot of a lot of the people in that community, they acted the same way. But and so one thing we used to do is take them on trips, take them outside of their city, take them to different mm-hmm. places, so they could yeah. have exposure. Without it, I think 
one of the greatest things I had as a kid was that I had exposure. You know, my family traveled. I played on traveling basketball teams, things like that. So you got to see people outside of just who you grew up with, and that, that opened your mind. So I think that's right. the thing. They don't have that exposure. They don't have that. They don't see anyone that, that doesn't look like them outside of their environment. And I think that's what comes to that ignorance, you know? Yeah, well said. Very well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but but they should not be little other people. Just, you know, I agree. Still, even if, you know, just just because you haven't um, been, exper- been um, exposed to other, you know, other people, other uh, other walks of life, still doesn't mean that you should be little or put down right. someone, someone else. Yeah, yeah but, I, so. but I think Iran, they're not, you're not even thinking, they're not, their thought right. process is not, their consciousness is not even right. at the point of even realize what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think to them is, uh, you know, and it's funny because somebody just had this, I read an article where it was another athlete commenting on uh, how the professional sports are, especially basketball and football, because the majority of the players are black. And he right. said this. I forgot who it was and who wrote the article or said this. But he said that I'll be very honest with you. I think uh, sometimes I almost think they're doing it on purpose. They're the, the NBA and the NFL love hiring thugs to represent <laughs> us because that's yeah. what they see, right. because that's what they see in the media. He said if they yeah. had a, if they had a um, I think what he was trying to imply was if they had a higher standards for how people should act then they would attract people who have those morals and is able to then influence these kids to act better. But the NFL mm-hmm. and the NBA want money. They're all they're all about their money. So they're going to hire the best players. And, of course, talent, uh, you know, definitely should be rewarded. But I think at mm-hmm. times, too, they put enough effort into developing these young men so that they are, are better influences on our community to show these kids that you can come out of that be successful and change your way of thinking, change your change your consciousness to become uh, somebody who is is, is is influencing thousands of kids to do better. Mhm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Great, yeah. great point. Great point. Real quick, also wanted wanted to get y'all's take on the Ray Rice um, Halloween costume. That's I, I think it's ignorant. I think it's ignorant. Yeah. And then yeah. and the the picture I saw was um it was a Caucasian couple couple. They you know had black you know black painted themselves to, to black do the stuff. Okay. And I don't think they were doing it to be racist at all. But I just think it's ignorance. Why why are we thinking it's funny? And I was gonna talk about this when we get to hot topics. Even with the Ebola, the um, Halloween costumes, they're selling out of stores. You know, and so same thing with this Ray Rice. I think it's ignorant. Why, why are we? What is making... this something going on with our culture now here in America? Like, yeah, is, is it everything's just, a joke. Mm-hmm. Everything's just reality TV, a joke. Yeah. No, no sympathy, no empathy, no just, right. just yeah. No compassion. People are dying. And no compassion. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. So, all right. Well, that's. That's that's Ron's perspective tonight. Yo, um also really quickly, really, really quickly. Go check out Dear White People. If y'all haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Adam Chike is a great movie. If I'm I'm sure that y'all probably seen it, whatever. Anyway, great, great movie. Excellent movie. So just wanted to say that. And you can f- follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, A A Ron Cosby. That's A R O N, last name Cosby, like Bill. Janera, if you're on, it's all yours. Everyone, stay on. Me and Miss Parker do hot topics. So 
the Gen- okay, Janera's cool. actually not on, not on um, tonight. She right, uh, had prior engagement. But go to Budget Shopaholic okay. because she did update her finds. All right. So um, third uh, Friday, I decided to, because I work right across the street from Lennox Mall, I decided to go over there to see if I could find something to wear for this performance. And um, this man, he was standing at the door, and he asked me, he said, Rihanna's coming to um, Lennox Mall to launch her uh, male, male cologne. Um, do you want to sign up, you know, to get the reserve your spot? And I told him, no, thank you, but I appreciate it. story is Rihanna and Chris Brown were both here in Atlanta uh, over the weekend. Uh, Rihanna was at Lennox Mall promoting her new cologne, and Chris Brown was hosting a party at Compound, and people are wondering, is that a coincidence? What do you think? I think that it could have been, but I do think that Rihanna have not matured enough to get over that relationship to understand that she deserves better and that once she starts to love herself the way that she needs to, she will see that she deserves better. Not saying that he's mm-hmm. a bad person. He's just not the person for her. Um, right. I, I will never forget the interview she did with Oprah. Um, just it kind of saddens me because you can tell that she loves that man more than she loves herself. And I think we've all been there. Well, I'm not going to speak for everybody, but I've been there. And it was because of insecurities and low self-esteem that I was loving somebody else better than I love myself. Anytime that you love somebody more than you love yourself, especially a, a, a spouse, it's because something else is wrong with you. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that um, love should reduce you. It should build mm-hmm. you and not, you, not right. make you less of a person and with her and Chris Brown it does and I'm just saying he may not be a bad person in all of his relationships um, but the ones that have been public especially the one with her he's not the right person for her but I don't think that she have she's at that place of realizing that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right now hey, Ron. ah gosh Rihanna Chris Brown no comment <laughs> I, I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm just. You so over it, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm so over it. It's, yeah, it's so like next, you know. But, okay. Well, they, 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 uh, they deserve each other. If they're back together, more power to them. They deserve you know each what? other. That's, well, that's what is But is it right? Right. Hey. That girl from uh, you know, the girl he's been dating you know, for he's, now. He's talking on with her every other day too. Um, okay. He breaks it up with her publicly, and then they're back together next week. And so she's in the same boat as Rihanna. Anybody who is she's who the same thing, yeah, the same right. way, in the same boat as Rihanna. They need to wake up, get some self-esteem, get some self-love, get themselves together, and find somebody else because they're both beautiful I women so. and deserve right. to mm-hmm. be. At yes. one point, there's an article that I read at one point. I think I have the magazine where Rihanna talked about they were sharing Chris Brown at one point, and they agreed to. It's not to have a conversation. Oh, they agreed no. to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's crazy. I, I don't get it. I. I. Thank do. Is this is Rihanna's self esteem that low? It, it must be. Wow. Wow. Well, and also, and also, wow. you have to keep in mind they are young. It's not an excuse, but they are young. So if they get older, they're not that short. young now, y'all. Uh-uh. Yeah, they are not. No. They, they, these are not eighteen-year-old or seventeen-year-old people. These are yeah. mid-twenty-year-old folks who are business yeah, people. True. These these folks are running businesses. These are yeah entrepreneurs, multi-millionaires. Uh uh-uh. uh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. I'm not giving them any excuses now. No. Okay. Uh-uh. Well, let's go to the next Sorry. story. Next, uh, next story. <laughs> okay. Pop singer right. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. You know, she was married to the uh, 
the actor, comedian, they got divorced, but now she's dating this guy, this DJ. Now, the okay. DJ, him and his ex-girlfriend are expecting their second child any day. Apparently, he and, Ka- he and Katy Perry got together when when his ex-girlfriend first conceived their child. And so, you know, they that didn't work. They came and Katy Perry together, and now they're expecting their second child. Could you be involved in it? Wow. You, White I folks know, are, are ratchet, too. That's what's up. Yeah, I know a real situation like that, and but I think a lot of celebrities do that. Um, because oh, yeah. then, um Tory Spelling, and there's a bunch of celebrities that, that yeah. were women pregnant or were married or some just craziness. No, I yeah. wouldn't. That's crazy. I couldn't do just it. Nasty. Just too much. Just, just nasty. Ain't that nasty? And he's very hands-on with his children, which he should be. But I think that if I were Katy Perry, I'd kind of step back and let him be daddy. You know what I mean? Let him handle that. Again, another hands. multimillionaire with low self-esteem, Katy Perry. Come on, girl. Really? Really? Come on, Katie. You Come know what I think, I think, too? I think that how you get them is how you lose them. That's yes, true. Absolutely. Yep. How you get them is how you lose them. In a situation like that, it's really hard for me to believe that that man was completely done with his situation when he got with her. And he just got her pregnant, too, yeah. Right. And right. she was, like, two months pregnant. That's just I mean, <laughs> I was just two months ago, 60 days ago, they were sleeping together. So I don't right, know. Yeah. I think how you get them is how you lose them. So, you know, I wish them the best, but that's just a messy situation. Yeah. Yep. Disaster. Disaster about well, to happen. Well, we back on Ebola. We know that's been all over. Someone said that, you know, remember when um, AIDS, HIV and AIDS first kind of really hit in the 80s? A lot of people were very, um, you know, ignorant to the facts and information around it. They're saying that's how people are with Ebola because, you know, the, there was a nurse who was um, quarantined in a tent with no toilet. She had a, a, a bowl or, or a, a bucket to use the restroom in. She had no symptoms of Ebola, but she was quarantined on there on Friday because she had been helping out in West Africa. And um, and she felt like that her her human rights were taken away from her because, you know, the the law is that she should be able to quarantine herself at home if, there, if you're not showing any kind of um, symptoms. But the governor of New York and New Jersey, they both said that, you know, people come from the area, they have to be quarantined this way. So anyway, she felt like, she just felt horrible because she felt like I have no symptoms. I'm fine. I'm good, whatever. I should be at home. And they held her in there. They did release her today. But people are saying that the ignorance around Ebola is causing everyone to just freak out and not really know. Yeah, that was them or the governor and stuff to do that because, the woman wants to be, she doesn't mind being quarantined. She just wants to be in her home, the comfort right. of her own home, right. willing to yeah. be there by herself. So I think I, I think just the, the ignorance around, like you said, is making even the most, what we would consider intelligent people, just make mm-hmm. dumb decisions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's e, e, Ebola, friends. It's, it's almost like, it's like a, D-rated movie. It it seems like every day there 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 is something on TV with the news that that is dealing with e- Ebola that is just comical and is dealing with these leaders with these govern with with governors and senators and congresspersons and and some of these doctors. It's it's crazy. Just it's like, it's everybody's common sense is is it's gone. But it's I don't gone. understand why 
they're freaking out about Ebola. Half of them already taking risks with their lives every day.
10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on EOTMRadio.com. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. I want you all to go to Facebook or tweet us the answer to our question of the day. The question of the day is, do you believe in love at first sight? Tweet us, hashtag T-S-K-S, question of the day. And that's uh, Stephen Knight Show, question of the day. Let us know what you think. We'll read some of your responses later on. Now, Spoken word is a performance-based poetry that is focused on aesthetics of uh, wordplay and storytelling. It uh, often includes collaboration and experiment, experimentation with other arts forms such as music, theater, and dance. There is no mandatory manner in which someone should perform. However, there are aspects of the artistry that indicate it is indeed spoken word. And tonight we welcome a very talented spoken word artist. Please help me welcome Dion Beetle to the show. Welcome. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Good. So we were talking about earlier in the show about uh, Ebola and everything that's going on with that. Do you have any thoughts? Mm, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, okay. I work in a hospital, so I'm kind of leery about it because I feel mm-hmm. like the government is not telling us a lot about it. Mm. Um, sometimes I wonder if it's airborne or if it's just really contact. Um, I just feel like they're holding back a lot, and we don't know too much about it. So yeah, yeah. Wow. All I can that... say is just be wary, just wash your hands, wash your hands, and just mm-hmm. read like read everything about it. I try to read up a lot about it. I try to stay in tune with the news and hear different sides of it. But um, no being in the hospital, I, I wash my hands a lot. Like I wash right, a yeah. lot. I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, let's talk about spoken word. You know, a lot of people don't really, you know, if they're not in that artistry, they don't understand what what true spoken word, what the art of spoken word is. How would you define that? Hmm. I'm still learning a lot about it myself. Um, I've only been doing it for about about four months, four or five months now. Okay. I really, really enjoy it. I feel like it's what's coming from within you. Um, like life experiences, um, positive or negative things that might have happened to you or someone else that you know and you want to speak about it. And I used to watch it a lot on TV, and Mm -hmm. I saw my first one a few months ago and really enjoyed it. I saw it live, and I really enjoyed it, and it was like a calling. Like I felt like I really belonged there. I was like, wow, like this is me, like, uh, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And not until yeah. I went there and saw other people doing it and expressing themselves and things that happened to them or happened to others in their lives, then I was like, wow, this is really me. And from then on, I just wanted to do it, and I just love it. Wow. And I know that, you know, because I've been to different, um, you know, places where they've had spoken word artists and, you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a deep connection within not only just the artist but the, the people that are listening. Do you find that when you're performing? Yes, yes, I do. I feel like the audience really connects with you. It's like you're in one with the audience. Mm-hmm. I'm often nervous right before I go up there, and then but once I get up there on stage and I'm telling yeah. my story, like the audience really connects with you because it's like they feel what you feel because they've been right. there. Mm-hmm. And it's a, mm-hmm. it's a real connection. What kind of what kind of what do you base your, like your stories on? Whether based on like is it real life or is it 
you know, just everyday oh, situations? Every everything I write is on about my life, like real life situations. Um mm-hmm. so far like I ain't gonna go through all my stuff and pretty much everything I write about is stuff that has happened to me personally. Mm. And wow. it's kinda like therapy. Yeah. That's why I really enjoy it. And that's why it's easy for me to write about it because it's coming from me. It's stuff that happened to me. So it's so easy to write for me. And I never thought it would be because when I watched my first show, I was looking at these individuals like, wow, like where do they get this from? How can they go on stage and just speak like this? And then one lady told me, you just got to speak from your heart, like mm-hmm. whatever is within you. And I actually, she was right. Like I just started writing and it just flowed because it's, everything that's coming from within me. Do you remember the first um, spoken word piece that you wrote? Yes. Can you give us a little bit um, of it? Say that again. Can you give us a little bit of it? Sure. Okay. Um, it's actually a piece that I, um, it's a very personal piece, um, something I wrote about my mother. Okay. And, um, it really it really struck me because um, when I went home to start writing, for some reason I wanted to write about that. Mm-hmm. And when I performed it on stage, people loved it. I never performed it again. So oh, wow. right now would be the first time I'll be performing it again. Wow. We feel honored, definitely. So I'll, give you, I'll let you hear it. Um, it's called You Don't Trust Me. At the age of six, you wanted to be my mother. You took me thousands of miles away from my brother. You don't trust me. Raised me to fear you daily. I obeyed you, hoping it would end fairly. You don't trust me. I prayed you would love me unconditionally. Prayed, but for you it was victory. You don't trust me. You often praise your others will like you, which is crazy because I've always loved you. You don't trust me, always making me feel less than what I am. So later I realized I'm more than what you think I am. You don't trust me. When others told me to hate you for hating me, your daughter, I laughed. Aren't you supposed to love her, your mother? You don't trust me. But I trust you, mother. I trust that one day I'll forgive you of all the pain, tears, and hurt that you have brought into my life, things that can't be taken back. But in time, maybe, just maybe, Okay, who are we fooling? You are who you are, and no one can make a stubborn, self-pity individual pretend to be my mother. So as I rewrite my life so as not to disrupt yours, I will work on forgiveness, forgiveness through deep, open pores. And as you walk through life blaming me, and everyone else, for your shortcomings, I, your so-called daughter, 
on papers only will know that for me, those shortcomings are just excuses of my becoming. And that's the first piece I wrote. And wow. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. not only did you have, the, you had the pressure of doing your first performance, but then something so deep and personal. Yes, yes. I, I can only imagine. But it was like a release. It was like a release. Yeah. Like, after I did it, I felt clean. I felt, like, great, like, you know, like I needed to do that. Wow. That was powerful. That was powerful. And, you know, that's an old, another story. We're going about that for, for uh, another show. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole another story. <laughs> But um, what I was going to say, um, so when you, obviously you write these these cathartic, deep, you know, these uh, spoken word poems, when you perform them, are you ever, do you ever feel like you'll be judged? Do you ever feel like you'll, you're scared because you're, you're releasing that information about you to the public? Yeah, um, sometimes I really go deep. I've even read um, some things, I've like, I've read a, wrote a piece and I wrote it to spread it to someone and he was like, Wow, that's really deep. You're like giving too much of yourself. I think you should mm-hmm. hold back. And I told him, No, like this is me. This is who I am and yeah. if I'm gonna be truthful about it, like I just gotta go there and right. I just can't hold back. Like I'll just lay in bed and think about something that might have happened to me in the past or present or that day and then I'll say, Hmm, I'm gonna write about that mm-hmm. and or I might be a title to something, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I want to write about that," and I'll just write it, and it just flows, it just comes. Wow, I always think that, um, you know, because I, I sing and I and I and I write. I think that write songwriting, being able to write poems, things like that, is a is a definitely a talent and a gift. What advice would you give to someone who wants to get into poetry or get into songwriting? Um, what, what, what advice would you give them? I would tell them to just write what comes from their heart, um, just writing stuff just on paper. Like, a lot of times I'll think about it before I write it, and um, I just try to think about life experiences, like just think about my truth. And I feel like if you write about your truth and who you are as an individual, it'll just come. It'll just come easily, and wow. it won't be that hard. My only challenge now is um, when I perform on stage, my challenge now is trying to perform. I perform now using my phone. Like, I write everything on my phone. So mm-hmm. I'm on stage with my phone and just read it off my phone. I want to get to that point where I'm just reading it off the top of my head so I yeah. can connect more yeah. with the audience. That's my challenge mm-hmm. now. But if you just write just what's coming from your heart and what you feel inside, it, it'll just flow. It'll just come. And you'll shine. Wow. Well, how, how can everybody keep up with you and, and know what's going on with you and your work? Um, I post a lot on Facebook. I have a um, Twitter page and a, um Instagram page, but I mainly post everything on Facebook. Um, and you can just find me on Facebook, Dion Beadle, D-I-O-N-N-E-B-E-A-D-L-E. I'm on Facebook. And I go to... Um, Soul to Soul Restaurant. That's the first place. It's at 6139 Ridge Avenue in Philadelphia. That's the okay. first place I went to to do my open mic. That's the only place I've ever done my open mic. I haven't wow. ventured out there yet. I've visited other places, but I haven't been on stage anywhere else. 
and um, they gave me a platform, which I'm thankful for that. Shout out to Stanley Grant Newman, Khalil Shirls. Um, they gave me that platform, and I go there. I'm there every Wednesday. So if anyone wants to come and see me, I'm there every Wednesday night. The show runs from 8 to 10, and I'm there every night. Well, is there anything like what you I mean, every Wednesday here? night. If it's anything like you performed here, if anyone, people are definitely a treat to see you perform. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and, and being so open with that poem. I mean, that that was, like, powerful. So thank you for that. Yeah, because I didn't expect you to ask me to read my first poem. <laughs> I, know, I know you weren't. I know you weren't. <laughs> but I but appreciate cool. it. I, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, listen, Dion, thank you so much. You have a great night, okay? Thank you, and thank you for inviting me to your show. No problem. Thank you so much. Good night. All right. And for more information about Dion uh, Beetle, go go to our Facebook page, and uh, we'll be right back after this. All right. Well, welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Our next guest is resilient, innovative, progressive, empowering, creative are a few words that, in part, define the multifaceted creative sphere that is Corey George. Pursuing his purpose, Ashley, his ability to transcend difficult circumstances has allowed him to find his niche as the empowerment coach, prolific motivational speaker, and author. He joins us tonight to tell us about his upcoming show, One on One with Corey George. Please help me welcome Corey George. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. I'm back as I promised. You are back. You are back. We definitely appreciate you. How are you doing? I am. I'm actually nervous. I'm very nervous because this is the last week that I have to finalize everything for the for the um for the launch of the show on Monday. So my text messages are going off the hook. My emails are going off the hook. You know, so it's wow. a, it's a, it's it's a major undertaking only because I'm the writer. I'm 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 the co-director. I'm the producer. I did all this stuff, but I have a wonderful team. But um, when you have a very clear vision, mm-hmm. um, it takes work. You know, and that's yeah. the work that we. And that's the work that we hope to show on the show itself. So we're excited, but we're also nervous and humbled right now. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Well, tell us about the first behind one-on-one with Corey George. Well, well, I think when I was on on the show the last time, I mentioned that I was doing this very poignant project um, that, was, uh, that was centered on this conversation that I had with uh, adult black male survivors of childhood sexual trauma. Correct. And I uh-huh. shot, yeah, and I shot the show. Last December, so this is how major this is. Last December, I had about eight hours of footage, and I and I sat on it for a few months. I said, God, what do you want me to do with this? I thought mm-hmm. it was supposed to be just a one-time project, but then every time I went to, went went and I viewed the field, well, the footage, I said, this is something else. This is bigger than me. So mm-hmm. when I looked at the project, I said, you know what? I went back to a treatment, and, and so this is how God works. I believe that God gives you knowledge before you you need to use it so i went mm-hmm. back to something i wrote two years ago called one-on-one with Corey george it was a treatment that i wrote during uh during one of the lowest times of my life he gave me this vision and i wrote it and i saved it on my old computer and when i pulled it up it was exactly what i just did with the show two years wow later. wow so i said instead of me running from the calling and this was, was the first time in my life that i actually accepted exactly what god was telling me to do with this so he said Yes, I want you to use this, but I want you to use this as a premiere. But I want you to also have a vehicle to provide 
voices for other people. And I kept realizing that as my work as a coach and everything, I heard some of the most amazing stories. Mm-hmm. And I said, let me go back and let me let me ask these people, are they willing to share these wonderful stories? Because I want to make them teachers and heroes and, you know, and they have an audience. So this show is, has nothing to do with me. My name is on it because I'm the host. But right, it yeah. has everything to do with every person who is a guest because when they leave, they're going to leave the room better than they entered it. So that's the goal of this show. Wow, wow. So tell us about some of the type of guests and uh Well, we have uh, quite a few shows already planned. I'm actually working simultaneously. Well, the the two shows I'm working in tandem now, which I hope to shoot over the holidays. One is one is especially geared towards Black fatherhood, and of course I'm and of course I'm sensitive to it because if you guys know me, I have two sons who I talk about all the time. Uh-huh, but not only yeah. that, but not only that, I am around wonderful fathers that people know about, and and if we look at media, we don't really get. Not even the praise, because I don't want praise for what I do, because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But we don't mm-hmm. get the, uh, I guess we don't get the, yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a better word mm-hmm. for it. But when I speak of fatherhood, I'm not just speaking of, you know, father and son. I'm, you know, I'm I'm also talking about that uncle that's raising his nephew. I'm talking right. about that grandparent that's stepping in. I'm talking about that neighborhood champion that's mentoring 10 or 12 guys who don't go home to fathers or worthwhile fathers. So this show really is about talking about, not just the joy of doing that and what they get from it, but also the struggle because it's not always hard being faithful to what you need to do for your children because it's a sacrifice on all parts. Mm-hmm. So I have that show planned. And then I'm also doing a show that is <laughs> – and and this is also from one of my own experiences as well – raising children after the relationship is over. Because I heard your panel talk oh, about, wow. you know, you know Chris Brown and all this, and also the thing with um, uh, but the thing with Katy Perry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays, not many people stay married for 30, 40, 50 years like they did back in the day. Right, so, yeah. and, and so the thing is, there will be mixed families. But how do you raise your children in agreement with that ex that, well, mm-hmm. that, that frankly, frankly still is your yeah. family? He or yep. she is still still your family, but no matter how you put it, because not even when the kids are grown, but until the kids are gone, you're still connected. Exactly. And so, exactly. and so, I, yeah. So I know several couples. Well, no, I say a handful because it's hard to find a handful of couples <laughs> that do it so well that you would think that they're still married, but they're not. They're, but they realize that their time was done, and now it's about the kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I watch them, it's like it's still well because I'm in the same thing myself. So I know how hard it is because when you have a history with somebody, it's a little hard because sometimes the history pops up and they say things that only they know, and oh, it yeah. incites you because they. They've been there with you. So these are some mm-hmm. of the shows that we have, but these shows are really catered subconsciously for the black male because we don't wow. have shows for us. You we know, don't. we don't have shows that, that teach us through example. And if you know any other black man, we listen to each other. We don't right. really listen to, to another person. We listen to our brothers. We listen to mm-hmm. those who we feel feel can understand us. But we don't always want to be beat over the head. You know, we kind of want exactly. to just have a conversation. So this show is really about, this show is about conversations. I'm not lecturing. I don't have a bullet point, um, PowerPoint thing. We're having casual conversations, maybe a glass of wine, maybe some coffee. We're like, it's, it's, it's literally about conversations and people walking away thinking, okay, if I can't use it now, I can use it later, but no one beat me exactly. over the head with the knowledge. So that's what the show, show, show really is about. It's about, Teaching through talking, and that's really mm-hmm. what the um, that's the motto I use on the show is teaching through talking, and that's it. 
Wow, wow. I think it's, it's awesome because, like you said, there aren't really a lot of shows that cater to the African-American male, um, especially in a positive light. It's usually comedy or whatnot. Um, I, I I think that in your find yourself that while doing the show, it's going to bless you too. You know what I mean? You're blessing these other people. It's going to bless you too. I know oh, Oprah said for years, Oprah said for years, you know, that doing that show kept her from having to do um, therapy, her own therapy for her past because of all the different stories and, and, and you know, people that came on the show. So um, where, when when does the show actually, I know it airs on Monday, is that correct, next Monday? And is it, yeah, is uh, it, yeah, the show airs on November 3rd, on, on okay. actually, and it's at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. The website is already done, so we're now just editing the final footage because there was so much stuff, there was so much good stuff that yeah. now if people go on the site, they can see the stuff that, that we didn't put in there, which is still okay. powerful. So it's kind of a teaser, and this is actually a. Um, it came from a dinner conversation that I taped the night before, that I didn't know was going to make the show. So I was like, "Wow, you know, we had all these great points, and um, it's going to be on the website." And every month, um, hopefully, starting, I believe, in December, we're going to have a show every month because my whole staff and I, we all have other lives, so we have to try exactly. to try to shoot things as well as possible. But um, I have a wonderful team of people that are giving up their talent because they believe not in my vision, also, but they also believe and what they can get from my vision and that's how we and that's how we feed each other. It's like I'm the top of the ship but I also make sure that they're fed as well too. So mm-hmm. um it's 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 a it's a great collaboration and I'm excited for for them as well because they're doing some great work behind the scenes that, that pushes me up and you and you did mention it blessing me but I tell people every time I leave every time I leave a meeting about the show, I'm blessed because there's another voice that I could put on the platform, and I wow. and I heard the yeah, and I heard the spoken word artist say it so well that someone gave her a platform, and that's mm-hmm. what this show is about. It's giving a voice to a person that you may never meet in your life, but now they're on your computer, they're on your phone, they you know, and hopefully one day on your TV. Whereas you may you may never meet this person again, but you know their story, and that for some reason it means something uh, to you. Right? Yeah. Yeah, powerful, powerful. And so, once the show airs, uh, will it be on? How can they can they be able to archive it on the website? Well, you know, well, the cool thing is, I work in technology, so I had to take advantage of everything. So, again, mm-hmm. they could view it on their phones, they could view it on their tablets, view it on, um, view it on their smart, um, well, well, not smartphones, but the uh, I guess it's, I guess the smart, well, um, it's a TV. So you know, and so now you could plug it into. Oh, yeah. Like that. So, but not only that, it's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Vimeo. But they could just go directly onto the site because we'll have the archives cascading on the site. So they'll have plenty of ways. And also on oh, the great. Facebook page, uh, we have as well too. So we have a few outlets that we've been working on and making sure that no matter where you are or what medium that you're using, you could always find find a show. And wow. and and also the good thing about this is that for every show starting from 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 the next show on. We're going to be building in a multimedia type of environment, whereas people can actually be a part of the show via Skype, via phone, mm. and all this. So, as about the time the show airs, you may see things that you, you didn't realize that a person may have taped a month ago, but it but 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 it made it into the show because it was mm-hmm. relevant. So, we're giving giving all the viewers a chance to be a part of the show as well now. Wow, that's awesome, Corey. That's really awesome. Tell everybody where they they can tune in on uh, November third and where they can keep up with you and everything that's going on with the show. Sure, it is very simple. Go to one on one with Corey. That's that's number one on number one with Corey dot com, 
and you will find the website. It's up and running now. You can go to the Facebook page, with this, um, which is one-on-one with Corey George, and you can follow me on Twitter at I am Corey George, and you can find out all the information. All the links are on all the pages. <clears throat> yeah, so follow us, and you can actually go to the webpage, and you can also be able to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, directly on the top left-hand corner of the webpage as well, too. Wow, awesome, Corey. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for what you're doing for our community, for black men. Thank you for this, and uh, I wish you nothing but success with one on one with Corey George. Well, thank you very much, and I look forward to um, I look forward to to doing the work and hopefully being able to talk more about it. In the Absolutely. That's what I look forward to it. You take care, okay? Right. Okay, thank you, guys. All right. And Bye-bye. for more information about Corey George and one on one Corey George, go to our Facebook page. There's a link where you can connect. We'll be right back after this.
welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. I'm going to read some of your responses to my question of the day. Do you believe in love at first sight? Keith said no, just left at first sight. Yes. Uh, Sandrika agreed with Keith. Ms. Parker said there is no such thing as love at first sight. I agree with Keith. Truly loving someone is making a conscious choice to do so and do right by them. Joanna said uh, the only thing love at first sight is meeting your child for the first time and maybe a puppy. LOL. Jason Jiggins said, yeah, when I met my wife, I fell in love with her ass, and I still am. Uh, Nicole said, no. My mother said, no. <laughs> and uh, um, God just said, if you believe it, it is possible, if you don't, then you don't. But she definitely doesn't believe in it. Uh, Roman said, yes. Nathaniel said, yes. Melinda said, I don't know. The jury said, I don't know. And she actually tweeted us and said, uh, let's see what he said. Love at first sight? I don't think so. The whole... There's a whole lot that we have that has to happen in that glance. No way. He said he does believe in infatuation at first sight. All right. Well, let's switch gears and go to uh, Stephen's playlist. As you know, we receive music from people all over the country wanting to be featured. Uh, we select artists to play, both independent and major. Uh, if you're interested in being featured on Stephen's playlist, email us at thestephenisshow@gmail.com. Attach one or two songs, your bio, and one or two promotional pictures. Remember that all songs must be edited for radio, meaning no cursing. We definitely look forward to hearing from you. The first song is by Tamar Braxton, Feature and Future, entitled Let Me Know. Check it out and enjoy Stephen's Brothers. Get it, 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 get it,
just a game in my head I'm playing and I'm
right. You don't need no Oscar, baby, I ain't flawless. Yeah, they know I'm priceless. The way you get the home, tell me I don't like a light switch. Make them say, whoa. See, I'm attracted to the top notch. And you, a girl like me, I like a power dog. And you, keep it a hundred, then we straight. Oh. The S to the A to the A to the R to the A 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 to
Remember when they said I couldn't make it? Remember when they said I couldn't do it? But somehow I got through it. Remember when they tried to hold me back? Remember when they tried to throw me off track? But somehow I bounced back.